Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, March 21st. This is episode 137. I'm Tony. I'm Dennis. Wow, we made it to the big 137, Tony. I know. It's, it's, this is, this is a very special milestone. It's, it's amazing. And to celebrate it, I know we're going to have a number of topics in the video game segment, at least, which is good because there's yet still no no mention of pinball <laughs> that's i mean i've got a few things for us to i've got something for us to explore with that so I, I think we'll have some fun with it but but before we do that we'll do our normal what's been happening over the last couple of weeks so what's been happening well um uh, i have started playing valheim i'll talk about it more in the video game section for those people who are interested in it uh but the the tldr is i really like it I can understand why people thought I would like it because they know me. Mm-hmm. They know uh, your love of Vikings. Yeah. In addition to that, um, totally rearranged my personal area at home. I don't know. It's, it, it's, I don't know if I'd go so far as to call it a man cave because it's just kind of a r- part of one of the rooms. But, uh, so I moved my campus queen and, and, having a better place that opens the area up a lot more. And I was able to bring a couch in and uh, all of that. And then we had all that rain last week and the float on my sump pump got stuck. Mm. So I had to take a day off last week to work on getting the seven inches of water in my basement pumped out and my, water heater working again and my furnace working again and ah joys and it's all better it's all everything's good now so what have you been up to uh mostly work-related stuff all this new uh, federal money coming for the uh, american rescue plan and everything related to covid so a lot of discussions on that ongoing work-wise. So I haven't had been having to pull a lot of extra hours, at least. It's just been very busy during the day, which I'm more than fine with. And then on the gaming front, I am still working on Assassin's Creed Odyssey. In fact, I was playing it this morning before we started recording. Oh my gosh, there are too many quests. There are too many, too many quests to begin the training. Do all the quests, side quest, every side quest. Now, do I, them all. They're like all in my list. It, the list has become too cumbersome to scroll properly it's it's very frustrating that means and the problem is a lot of these quests they have uh recommended levels on them so these are all like double my current level oh so you're just saving them for when you i don't know what level they are until i have them in the in the list and then i can't drop them so it's like (laughs) hey look here's a, a quest on a ship okay i'll take the ship quest no level 40 i'm 16 I'm 16. <laughs> so uh, this morning I was going around on my horse, just riding around the Greek Isles, uh, doing the activating the fast travel points. So even in the areas where one hit will kill me, I'm just like, nope. I'm a I'm a pro gamer. I can do this. I must die. I can do lion. this. I must I'll die to a lion, him. but otherwise it worked pretty well. <laughs> Roar! Yes, it did. It roared, and then it chased me for like 50 miles. It was. It was terrible, but I had a horse. I call him. I call him my horse War Pony. It's like the, it's like the old Final Fantasy fourteen days trying to get to. Oh crud! What was the name of that? Oh, in eleven. The, yeah, in eleven. Oh gosh, where would? Oh, on the Chocos. Yeah, but before you got to that point, when you were. Oh, uh, you mean when we were on foot? When we were on foot doing the runs through oh, to get gosh. to yeah, there uh, were, I the remember, main city like, area. You'd have to run through dunes if you wanted to go from Sandoria to, what was it, Bastok? Yeah, I was. it starts with a Juno. Juno. Oh, Juno. Yeah, that, that was the main yeah. city where because with all everywhere the, around the Juno was house. high level. And if you were you wanted to be there, but if you were low level and you didn't have the point, you had to run it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nope. Uh, I remember when we were. Uh, I think you were playing at the time. I remember uh, going once and discovering that Wind Elemental's aggro to magic. Because <laughs> I was where I was walking and I there was this thing and it looked really cool and it didn't seem aggressive. And then I cast a spell and it, not an offensive spell. I just cast a spell and then it got mad. 
And I was like, run away! Like, run away! Like, I don't kill you! I think it did. <laughs> it was very easy to die in Final Fantasy XI. I remember that. Yes, it was. I remember the Dunes parties. Dunes XP parties. And then, because in a lot of zones, they had a range of, of levels. And so, at the periphery of Dunes was the lower level. But in the middle of Dunes was the higher level. Which, of course, the problem was, when the higher level parties were starting to lose, they would run to zone out of the area. And then, all of a sudden, you you're, you and your little, your little simple party are attacked by these high level monsters. Because as soon as they zoned out, those things don't just reset. They look around and go, hey, look, lunch. They try and find something. Well, it's just like that's the same area where where black mages would always uh, get their first AOE attack spell. Oh, God. They always wanted to use it as soon as they got it, and then suddenly, yeah. Uh, um, I made I made back before memes were a thing. I made memes making fun of black mages in that game because <laughs> oh gosh, there's those and their their mana burn parties that they would form at the higher levels and stuff. Uh, easiest class to play, the Black Mage. Also easiest to screw up. But anyway, it, it was what it was. So let's go ahead and start in pinball. I do have a few items, as I noted. Uh, we'll end with the fun one. Uh, first thing, though, I wanted to note, and I do have a link in the show notes to to this auction, but uh, Project Pinball, which is the charity that cites pinball machines in children's hospitals and at Ronald McDonald houses, they're running a fundraising event. It's called Two Weeks of Translights. It's not just translites, but it seems to be mostly translites. So they have obtained a bunch of sort of art-related items for pinball. Like I think there's some like mirror art, not mirror, but side blades art and, and such. But there are also a number of signed translites, and they are they're auctioning them to raise funds. So anyway, as I noted, link in the show notes. So if anyone is interested in participating in those auctions, uh, you can follow the link and take a look at all that stuff and decide uh, what you might want to bid on. Uh, second item, which will kind of lead into our, our discussion item is, and you're aware of this one because we were having some discussions with, uh, people in pinball about this, but the report on that JJP, Jersey Jack pinball has dropped doing their, Hey, you have a damaged play field, a chipped play field. We'll send you for free an unpopulated play field so you can do a swap. And instead they are going to just say, well, if you don't like what you got, we'll, you can ref- we'll refund you the game. You can return the game, and we'll give you your money back. Or you can wait until the end of the run, and then we'll sell you an unpopulated playfield at cost. So we've gone from, oh hey, we'll send you a populated playfield that you can plug and play, to, hey, we'll send you an unpopulated playfield so that you can fix it up yourself, to. Screw you. We don't care. Kinda. And I say kinda because that's that you're right. If you blend all the manufacturers together into a delicious queso dip, which is delicious. Yes. So, and people can write in collectorgamerspodcast at gmail.com if I, if and where I am incorrect on this, but here is my understanding Stern has at points done populated playfield swaps. For some of their games, I'm thinking specifically Ghostbusters. If there was enough ghosting, and that that was where the clear was separating from where some of the inserts were, so they looked really cloudy. They right. were doing populated playfield swaps if it was egregious enough. To my knowledge, Jersey Jack has never done a populated playfield exchange. Now they were doing. This current approach, I don't know about the game refund, but the, hey, you can buy a blank playfield, unpopulated playfield at cost. That was their initial solution when people were complaining about issues with the clear and chipping and such with Pirates of the Caribbean and, and early on in Willy Wonka's run. And then Jack Winery with Jersey Jack came out and said, hey, we're, we're changing that. We're now, we'll do an exchange. If you have sufficient damage, we'll do an exchange. You can have a you can have a free, well, maybe it wasn't even an exchange. It was a, you'll get a free blank play field. That's the part I remember. Free unpopulation. Say blank. There was art. Right. So they were, they did have the policy of no, you have to buy it. And then it shifted to no, okay, there's a way to get one for free. And now it's like they've shifted back again, but they've also clarified that, hey, if you're not happy with your purchase, we do have an, we do have a solution for you. It is, you can have your money back and you can give us the game. Yeah. 
So, so their solution is, is if you're not happy with your purchase, screw you. We don't want you as a customer anyway. Right, or as or the way I view it as a, they, hey, look, demand's so high. Hey, if you're unhappy because you have some chipping around a scoop, you can, we'll give you your money back and we know we can sell this to someone else who isn't going to throw a hissy fit about it. That's how I took it. But I want to use that as a springboard into our third and final area, the fun topic, Tony, that I've titled in our show, in our internal show notes as Dark Days of Pinball. I've sort, of, sort of stolen that because there was once upon a time, I can't remember if it was when Pirates came out, but someone on Pinside had this, it was an awesome title post. It was like the darkest day of Stern or the darkest night of Stern or something like that. And it was kind of, that was when Stern had their their launch of the, people were remembering how Batman 66 was rolled out and it was so, like you couldn't even play it at Expo. And, and right. by comparison, uh, Jersey Jack had a really good launch of whatever title it was. And and people were talking about it, whether it was the, you know, this was the, the low point for Stern, which it turned out to not be the case. But hey, yeah. it was a no, great looking topic. Looking back it was, on it, that's hilarious. Yeah, but it was, at the time, there was a lot of logic behind it. A lot of people really agreed with it. Uh, it was one of the most upvoted uh, uh, threads on Pennside. Uh, anyway, so darkest day dark days of pinball is like my sequel to it and here's here's how i want to sort of frame the discussion tony it's around one question what is going on because i don't know what's going on anymore tony i don't understand this hobby anymore here's here's where i'm struggling so i know from speaking with distributors speaking with collectors and seeing what's happening with with pinball pricing that there is record demand right now. It, in a lot of ways, it makes sense for people it, that those that are still employed, those that still have funds coming in, especially when they were trapped at home with COVID, uh, you know, having something to do at home, all, all makes, I, I get it. I get it. And this is tying to like the reports where Gary Stern had noted that at one point Stern had a backlog of 5,000 games that they needed to build. We know that Guns N' Roses sold out all of their CEs and, and an amazing record. In fact, other than Pirates, it's, I think, the only CE that has ever sold out. Uh, so on top of that, we also know that manufacturers have been doing price increases. We've talked about the Guns N' Roses going up $1,000 on all models. We've talked about how the boutique uh, pins Batman 66 and Elvira from Stern went up $500. But here's where I, I go with my title of Dark Days of Pinball and my question of what is going on. It seems like, with maybe the exception of Stern, that they're all really, like, manufacturers still seem to be struggling despite all of this, and I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. So we talked about here with our segue, JJP, the playfield issues, and them going to a, I think it's fair to say, more draconian, less customer-friendly solution. Like they're, I'll use the phrase cheaping out now and say, no, we're not going to accommodate despite their price increases. They're not, despite their record demand, they're not going to accommodate. We're still sitting Chicago Gaming Company Where's the Cactus Canyon remake? What is going on? The game, it's not like someone's sitting there doing the layout. It's done. I don't understand. Why hasn't that come out? What's going on? American Pinball is busy talking about every single hire they have and how they're going to have two to three game releases a year. We're a year, we're over a year past Hot Wheels now. What's going on? Deep Root, still nothing out. What's going on? It seems like even though... There's all this demand for pinball in the home market that aside from Stern, which again, with their price increases and, and people still having to wait possibly eight months, it ain't always, it's not the healthiest thing for, for customers. I mean, it doesn't leave you a lot of goodwill when you call your distributor and say, Hey, I want an Elvira. And they tell you, Oh, I can put you down for fall. But it's like, I don't, what's, I don't. Maybe you can answer my question, Tony, because I can't. What is going on? It seems like, despite all this demand, I I have this taste in my mouth that like two companies are about to go out of business. We've been talking about companies disappearing every year for as long as we've been doing this podcast. So at this point, I don't know when a company's going to drop out. Or we have not. to be right at some point, Tony. We have to. <laughs> we have to be right. I honestly think that. They just don't have the production either between because of the COVID rules and regulations where they are. And most of them are in the Chicago area, which has pretty draconian rules. Uh, 
compared to, you know, some other areas that they just can't get the levels of production out that they used to. I don't know if they've dropped staffing. I don't know if they've, I don't know what the cause directly of it is, but it has to be a production bottleneck of something. And part of the problem is, is because of the sheer number of what's the we're subcontractors that do that provide them with parts. The problem might not even be with them directly. And with the sheer issues, getting parts from anything, I'll use my job as an example. We have very large pumps to move water. Uh, I've got some pumps that can move 5 million gallons of water in a day. I've got some pumps that can move 15 million gallons of water in a day. I've got one of my 5 million gallon pumps that has been out waiting for parts to be delivered so that it can be repaired since the 3rd of November because the parts just aren't coming in. And these aren't parts coming out of China or something. These parts are coming out of Europe. But they're just parts in a lot of situations are hard to come by. And I'm coming across this more and more at work, and it's starting to get real bad, where we have things that if there are not spares sitting on a shelf, ready to go out the door of a warehouse nearby, we might be waiting anywhere from one to three months for parts. So it is entirely possible that none of this is directly on the manufacturers themselves. They might not be getting the parts they need to build the machines. They might be building the machines as fast as they get the parts. And I could completely see it and understand it. Because it's a problem we're running into in other industries. And it's something that I don't think is become, is as visible uh, as you would think it is because there's still enough stuff coming in. But there for a while during the lockdowns, there were a lot of places that everything was normal during the lockdowns because they were burning through their stored replacement parts and they were burning through the parts that are in the warehouses. And now that they're gone, they're on massive backlogs to get said parts. So it could completely be they can't build anything. They've got the bare minimums they need to build machines, and they're building them as fast as they can without it being directly related to their line. And I, I agree that that's definitely part of it, that the production is, is lower. We know the production is lower because of, of COVID, be it COVID uh, sp spacing controls, you know, the social distancing, or like you're noting, actually accessing the supplies. But if it's getting the parts, like Deep Root has acknowledged that they are having a challenge getting all of the parts that they need. I don't understand why if that's the problem that others are having, that they're not specifying, oh, well, we're just waiting for, you know, we have bottlenecks on the parts supplies. Coupled with that, Stern is still putting out games. If they can get parts, why can't everyone else get parts? Like we know JJP's sending out games and they've raised their prices. And yet, they still they they make a move that suggests that they are not able this is what it says to me i'm not saying it's true but this is what it said to me that hey with the chipping and stuff we can't afford to give away free even though we've raised prices even though there's so much demand even though we could raise prices again and people will buy our stuff because they're so desperate that we can't afford to do what we used to do to make things right when people have damaged product and that to me, it's like, I just, it confuses me. Likewise, I could totally understand if CGC could not put out Cactus Canyons at the rate because of parts, bottlenecks, and all that. It's like, why right. isn't that game done, though? Like, wh why isn't it being sold? I'm not, it's, this isn't about people not being able to get a Monster Bash that they want. It's like, that. it's like the company isn't doing anything. That's what it feels like. They're not saying anything. They. It's been over a year. They might just be setting on it. They might be playing the game that it, even though there seems to be a lot of demand from what we're hearing and from what they're saying, they might just be saying, hey, we're not going to put it out now with the chance of a loss, or we're not going to put it out now with the ch with it. no guarantees that we can get it built like we want it built. And they might just be holding on to it. They might be holding it in their hip pocket. And 
and maybe they're and maybe they're selling stuff. You see that, and that's the other thing. I know Stern and JJP are selling stuff. Right. Is American Pinball selling stuff? Here, I'll, I'll give you. You used your 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 pump example, and this is one I, I touch on, on on TPS from time to time. Because one of my other hobbies, I, I'm I dabble in is, is on wrist watches. Okay, and that's a very dabble. Europe, dabble. Yeah, I dabble. I've seen your Instagram. Yeah, I dabble a little bit, and. So that's a that's a market that's very obviously depends on the manufacturer, but it's very European heavy, and obviously Europe has been heavily hit by COVID, and so but it, it's all behaved like you would expect. So the sales are greatly down because production was greatly down, but what would happen? You would think did happen. Prices went up, especially on the used market as people would try to get these things. They're not in they're not in uh, authorized dealers because. They're just not. I mean, like, for example, I believe it's been confirmed. Rolex's production was down 20% because they just they were shut down for months. Right. So they just made less watches, but they still sell them. <laughs> like they still they're still making the company's still making money. They just they had to sell less watches because they built less watches. The same for Omega is the same for like all of them that were Swiss it was the same thing. And so given that there's still the demand, though. Even if they're having trouble getting parts and stuff, it just meant they made less watches. It doesn't – when you look at them and the sale through of what they have, you are you don't get the impression that the industry is unhealthy. But when I look at American Pinball and CGC, obviously we know what's going on with Deep Root. I'm not – I don't get the same feeling for pinball except for maybe Stern. Like I just – I just like I'm not sure that they have the capital to keep going with the rate that they're doing. I mean, maybe they do. I don't. I just don't know. It feels weird to me. And I'm not. I don't think you're wrong. But I think part of the difference might be the fact that none of those companies were healthy before COVID. We know JJP has had new backers come in and they moved. We know Americans had issues. We know. None of these companies were like just super. I mean, they are not Omega or Rolex or any of those. Uh, they're out there, but the truth of the matter is, is pinball is just a small enough niche market that when times get tough, they can't honestly support multiple large manufacturers. And a lot of these manufacturers, when times were good, were struggling. Mm hmm. So when times are bad, even if there's a lot of people who want it and who want the want machines and there's orders out there and there's all sorts of demand for the home market, a lot of those people are probably picking their games up used. That makes sense. And, and you have a good point about how the, the health of the of the manufacturers even before the pandemic and and which ones were red flags. And I do want to expand beyond the manufacturers. It's not just the manufacturers, even though that's clearly what I built all my lead in about this dark days of pinball. We know we've covered a few of just a handful of the vast amounts of arcade, barcade-esque style businesses that have gone under during the pandemic that took their operation-based pinball with them. So that's not something that's just going to recover at the snap of a finger. This ain't no Thanos. We can't just bring this back or take, you know, it doesn't all happen like that. I don't see when and how that's going to recover. I, I can imagine it does, but it's going to take years. And then, you know, there are the other warning signs as well. Like I've just how, despite all the demand, it feels like pinball's so weak right now. Look at replay effects. I remember how we would joke, or at least I would joke when we would talk about uh, the Twippies. And it's like, why was there a, a favorite tournament? It was always going to be Pinberg. I guess we can have that award <laughs> category now. Because yeah, because it's not going to be them anymore. Of any show, though, of any tournament, surely Pinberg could have endured. And they didn't even try. They just right. closed. And it's just, I mean, if we're that weak, if we as a hobby are that weak, I'm nervous. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you because I think you're right. And I think that's been always the issue in pinball is as big as pinball is to us and to those of those listening. When you get down to it, when you get inside, it's a very niche market to the point where I can think of hobbies that I'm sure a lot of people have never even heard of that 
I honestly think reliably have more people doing them on a daily basis than pinball does. Oh, sure. Oh, I, I'm, in fact, if like anything else I'm involved with, pinball is the smallest by far. Right. By far. And it's just, yeah, I just don't know. I mean, look at, look at a pinball hall of fame, how lucky they were to get that $79,000 donation yeah. from one person. Cause otherwise I really didn't think they were going to hit that 200,000. I just didn't. They weren't they going do to, I don't see how they possibly could have. I thought it was, a, I, th- I thought it was a, a uh, lost cause. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad, I think I'm glad he tried because it worked out. And that's where, you know, at least they put up a fight. But I just, yeah, I just don't know. I, anyway, uh, I just thought I, I get this weird, I have this weird, like sinking feeling with, I mean, ultimately the hobby will survive no matter what. Even if there were no manufacturers, there'll still be a pinball hobby. So I don't want to, right. I don't want to overstate things. And I don't think all the manufacturers will go away. As we've noted, you know, Stern's sales output, like they're still producing. They're still, they just, they can't keep up. They say they can't keep up with the demand, but, and we're seeing the price increases and stuff and people are still buying. So, you know, there are all these signs that the market is healthy, yet there are all these signs that the market isn't healthy because it doesn't seem like any of the manufacturers other than perhaps Stern are exhibiting, you know, largesse based off of all of this demand. It just, if anything, it's, it's like it put them in, in, more in a bind. It's like JJP looks to me like they're more uncomfortable with all the demand than they were, would be if there was less demand, which to me is funny. That is, but I think again, part of that applies to the fact, like you said earlier, that there's demand, but when you're looking at a point of not being able to answer that demand for eight months or, or more, that starts to that that amount of demand starts to be damaging because it gets to the point where you're losing uh, customer confidence. Sure, and and that's an excellent point because this is true in any hobby I've ever been involved with. No one wants to sit there and just wait for something that they already bought to come. It's not right. It's not fun. I mean, wh- there have been running jokes about you know the, with things involving vaporware and stuff where people have pre-ordered. And we're talking still; it doesn't matter what the dollar amount is. We're talking, you know, people who pre-ordered video games. I remember seeing someone who had a sca- scanned their receipt from when they had pre-ordered the Duke Nukem, which turned into Duke Nukem Forever originally. Right. And it's just like, think about just how grating it is to sit there with with money down or an intent to get something and just be strung along. But there's also a big difference between pre-ordering a $60 game and pre-ordering a $10,000 game and still having in a massive weight. I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the dollars do make a difference as well. I mean, if I, if I had pre-order, if I pre-order a video game, I, it's not as shrug. But but it's also that because those ga- games are at that price, I can buy other games. Whereas like if you've tied up, imagine if you bought, uh, you wanted an Elvira pinball, Tony, and you had all that money tied up and you didn't have it. Like, how right. viable is it for you to, well, while I wait, I'll just buy another pinball machine. Right. And for some people, and for a lot of the people in the hobby, especially the hardcore collectors, that is entirely viable. But you're, but there's also people out there who do the exact same thing with sports cars. Sure. Or, or, or classic VWs. But the thing is, and I assume this is probably the case for a lot of people with things like vehicles and such, is unlike a lot of video games where there are, you can find a lot of stuff within the same genre, for example. If you wanted an Elvira, and I told you, well, you can't get an Elvira, but I can get you a Hot Wheels or I can get you a Guns N' Roses. Those games are totally different. They yes. play totally different. So I think a lot of people are like, aren't like, oh, okay, I want a pinball. It's more like I want this pinball and I can't have it. Right. It's it's like going in and saying, hey, I wanna I, I want to buy a '69 Dodge Charger, and they tell you, well, I I, I can get you an '83 Cavalier. Yeah. Yeah. Or. Yeah, we say, and again, uh, you know, in watches we see this. So, like, people will be like, "Oh, I want the, I want the Omega Snoopy themed Speedmaster." No, nope, they're all sold out. You want to, you want to, uh, you want Seamaster instead? Did I say I wanted stupid waves on my dial? No, I want. Hey, 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 hey! Don't hate on a Seamaster. They're actually pretty cool. Seamaster's my favorite Omega. I'll never own one. But Why the not? Seamaster's my favorite Omega. 
Because they're... get get yourself a Bond edition from the Pierce Brosnan years. Oh yeah, I got. I'll just, I only need one kidney. I'll sell the other one. <laughs> they're cheaper than pinball. They are cheaper than pinball. <laughs> I will freely admit that, and I a hundred percent see me having a better chance of getting. Uh, 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 a, I could have a better chance getting a Seamaster than I could some of the pinball machines I would like, just because of the cost factor. But mm-hmm. well, they do make a lot more, so that's that helps keep the that's very down. true. That helps keep the price control. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Seamasters, I think it's time for us to sail on over into the video game segment. That is a very good time to go. Thank you. <laughs> I'm we'll sailing start. Been... away. Oh, sorry. That's my Nothing Dennis DeYoung good impression. Be- <laughs> There's nothing but good news in in in, in video games. Obviously, There's well, then I guess we're not talking about, about Activision Blizzard. Yeah, I know. Oh. I was being sarcastic. Oh, yeah. Activision Blizzard, man, these guys are just. Here's Bobby. the interesting thing: it's Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go on. I don't know why I'm being such a. A because uh, it, because because he deserves it, Bobby hype. We, we we talked about it back in nineteen when it happened when they laid off like a thousand people. Yep, I remember that discussion while having you know their best year ever, and then uh, they laid off more people in twenty. Uh, then this year. Already, they've laid off 190 people, including 50 in the esports division here in the U.S. And on top of that, it's now come out that they're planning on closing all of their publishing offices in Europe. So that's looking to be another, like, 800 people. But they're still making huge money. Their uh, stock is so high... The good old CEO Bobby Kotick is up to be getting his $200 million bonus due to the stocks doing so well. But they got to lay off a whole bunch of people and close an entire division. And what's interesting is in their uh, call with their investors in February, they were talking about how good they were doing and they're looking at, over the next several years, hiring about 3,000 people. <laughs> After they lay a whole bunch of people off and give Bobby a $200 million bonus. Because their numbers are so good. <laughs> I, I, I've never understood this. Maybe if I had studied business administration, <laughs> I'd have a better sense as to this approach. I, I think that's part of it. Is I'm sure this all makes sense. And, and this is part of his contract. Don't get me wrong. His contract says that if the stocks stay above a certain price for 90 days or something like that, he gets this bonus. And that's fine. Okay. But, but good on him for signing a contract like that. But, but I can't believe there was a contract signed like that anyway. But sure. It, 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 it is what it is. Now, the interesting thing, because they like to show, Activision Blizzard does, that they're good people, even when they're laying people off. That the people laid off in the U.S. from the esports division, they did get severance. They got 90 day severance. Okay, that's actually decent that's severance. That's solid. That's good severance. And yeah. even better than the severance, uh, they do have, they uh, did get one, they, they, they got to finish out the year with health insurance. Hmm. Okay. So that's, that's nice. really, really good. And, and, and that's what's even better than that? 100% sincerity, but even better than all of that, they got a $200 gift card to Battle.net. <laughs> so while they're sitting at home with their severance pay and no job, <laughs> They can buy themselves some Warcraft time or, 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 or buy a bunch of loot boxes for, for Overwatch. 
and give that $200 back to the company <laughs> that just right laid their asses off. Give it right back to Activision. <laughs> That's great. I'm, I love it. We just we just laid you off. Here's $200 to give back to us. It's the, the electrolytes of Activision. Plants love it. <laughs> I just, oh man, it's just That's awesome. so, <laughs> so... So mean, but... So... It's so Activision of them. Uh, it is. It is. It's, I, uh, it, uh, 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 yeah. Given how good the overall package is, uh, I'll, right. I'll let it slide. But still, it's just like, maybe don't, maybe, maybe just give a $200 Visa gift card next time. Right. I, right, I, right. I or, or just don't give anything. Just, <laughs> yeah, just the severance that. package, at least for the people in the U.S., because that's the only ones I have noticed for. Isn't bad. Give them all the give them all the homestand Overwatch hoodies that you're not going to need now. (laughs) Like everyone gets swag. Everybody gets a hoodie. But you know what Uh, isn't real bad, Tony? Valheim. It's not. It's so good. It's so Viking, and it's very Viking. Much wow. Uh, I've been playing it a lot. Not not BattleTech insanity levels. But that's mainly because it requires uh, me to actually... I can't just get up and walk away from it because it's one of those active worlds. So I have to actually log out. Like, if I have to get up and go take care of the dogs or the kids or go do something, I have to actually I have to actually log out of the, the game or else my character is going to sit there and eventually somebody's going to... Gonna walk up and, and bash my skull in. No, no, it's it's just like those AFK hero games. Yeah, yeah, it's just like earn that. XP you while you're putting the dog out. Yeah. So, uh, but I've still put nine hours into it since I started playing it uh, after the last episode, and um, it is definitely a game that is one of those hey, uh shouldn't you have been asleep a while ago type mm. games uh, for me. And it's one of those games that like when I first started playing uh, fallout four, um, by the time I got to like the third or fourth main quest story, the, the one where you're supposed to go to diamond city. Yes. So yeah, it, it's like the very beginning quest line. Yes. Yeah. And I had almost 200 hours in the game, and my character was in, like, the, the, the 40s. And I went in with, you know, high-end weapons and power armor because I can't see a shine. Oh, shiny, walk away, go do side quest type stuff. In Valheim, I literally, when I stopped playing, had just beaten the first boss because I got sidetracked for about... Four and a half hours because I was hunting for um, materials. Like specifically, I was hunting deer hide and leather scraps, and I was being very annoyed because there's so much brush and it's hard to see uh, and get shots on. So I decided that I was going to clear out all of the low brush. <laughs> In about service. a day's walk <laughs> around my camp. simulation. Because it was annoying. So in my on my on, on my personal server, when you when you go into it, all over the place are stacks of fifty lumber from where I cleared huge swaths of the small trees out in the areas where like deer and boar were common to make my hunting easier. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> and I enjoyed every minute of it. I was at a point where I was carrying three axes on me so that one one broke. I just switched to another one <laughs> and keep going. <laughs> but honestly, it it's it's a lot of fun. It ha- its survival system isn't as hardcore annoying as some of these survival games where it's like you have to eat mm, like, okay. continuously, constantly. I mean, you have to eat, but it's not hard to find food. Uh, uh, the first time I got to the point where it's like, hey, you should probably eat, I'd already found like 30 
raspberries and some mushrooms. It wasn't a problem to eat. Uh, the interesting thing is, is you have a I'm hungry baseline of like health and, and, and stamina and all that. And then if you eat, that all goes up. Mm. So, but it's been very enjoyable. Uh, for people who like kind of those open world survival-ish games, uh, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, it, it has a, the nice combination of being easy without being so deep that it gets to be a pain. Cause I've, pe- I've played some survival games and some creation games where they get to be a real, it's almost gets to be a hassle where like some of the mechanics get in the way of what makes the game fun. And I haven't had that issue with Valheim. Okay. So, um, and it could be interesting to see because, uh, I've not played on a live findable server or played with anybody. And it's, that's something you can do. And I could see where that could be really interesting and fun. Um, I'm not a huge multiplayer person for stuff like this, but I can definitely see where it'd be a lot of fun to have a couple people together sitting on a discord voice chat, just kind of building areas and working together. Hmm. And I figured out that you have to make sure that if you're going to put a fire inside your house, your house has to be tall enough and have enough areas to let the smoke out that you don't kill yourself. Yes, that would be bad. (laughs) <laughs> I got, got the black lung pop. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, for everybody who's been asking about Valheim, I, I'm greatly enjoying it. I, I'm going to be spending a lot more time in it. I'm actually actively rotating between it and uh, Battletech and a couple other games, uh, depending upon the amount of... Uh, free time I have right then and the interest I have at the second that I sit down to play. So let me bring up. So the last thing we're going to go into is Square Enix Presents. I'm kind of liking this, by the way, with E3 being gone. (gasps) And I mean, we don't know that they're gone, gone (laughs) yet. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, sound, cares. you sounded pretty sure nobody cares about E3 <laughs> I E3. like that all the companies doing their own thing just kind of spread out randomly throughout the year but our hit uh, E3 episode I know and I, I, I greatly enjoyed the E3 episodes but at the same time it's nice to just get something thrown out that's not okay, we're going to have a six-hour episode where we talk about 400,000 things that came out from every major person. I guess you're right. But Square Enix had theirs. Uh, it's their, their, and where they talked about their upcoming games. Uh, I've got a list of the major stuff. There's literally, I think, only a couple things that I don't have in this list. But I wanted to go hmm. over them because several of them are kind of interesting to me. Um, First is Life is Strange True Colors. It's the third game in the Life is Strange series. Have you ever played Life is Strange? Only the first one, but I did enjoy uh, it. Yeah. Uh, that's also the same with me. I only played the first one. I did enjoy it, but I never got the second one. Uh, this one will not be episodic. Mm. Where the first two, that was part of their thing, is they were released episodically, kind of like the Walking Dead games from, from Telltale and all the games from Telltale. There was episodic releases. Uh, this one is going to come out with everything at once. Uh, they're also doing a remaster of the first two Life is Strange games uh, that will be included with the Ultimate Edition of uh, True Colors and be available for standalone purchase. Um, I'm assuming for those people who haven't really gotten into the series yet and want to do a whole run or who just want to have everything upgraded and running on more modern systems. But uh, it looks interesting. All the Life is Strange games have been interesting. They're not necessarily the type of game that grabs me, uh, but I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting story concept. The gameplay isn't particularly standout. But... Right. 
they also talked about their project Athia, which they now have a name for, uh, Forspoken and, or Forsaken. I think it's Forsaken. Forspoken's right? funnier. Forspoken is funnier, but I think it's Forsaken and I just misspelled it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But it looks, it's too early to tell if it's going to be any good. Let's be honest. It, uh, dragons. It is Forspoken. Huh. Okay. It, yeah, it's interesting because it's kind of got the, it's got dragons and large creatures and it has a very uh, modern slash postmodern feel to some of it. Uh, uh, but there are definite magical powers from the trailers and it has one of those movement systems that seems very fast magic-y parkour types type movement at least from the trailers that's what it looks like or at least <laughs> she has a lot of speed lines as she jumps around and like goes straight up vertical cliffs and stuff we'll see what it turns into we know how these things go when you see something this early it could be anything and let's be honest this is square this game isn't Far enough along to not be canceled yet, so. <laughs> Scalebound. Scalebound. Uh, the next game actually comes out on April 1st, so I'm going to guess that is too far along to be canceled. Uh, but looks really good is Outriders. Mm. Have you seen the Outriders trailer? I think so. It's been a while. It, I know I've, I've heard about Outriders. It looks pretty good. It's a third person shooter with some co-op stuff. Uh, it's from People Can Fly, who used to be part of the Epic Games group, and they were involved with, like, Gears of War and Bulletstorm and those style of games. Yeah, I And it feels like it, from looking at the stuff. It, it's got to feel like that, but it's kind of an RPG, third-person shooter with character classes, and you've got a big, cool RV, and it looks really interesting to me. It doesn't look so cool that I'm going to go buy this game when it comes out. But I'll see what the reviews look like, because there's been several other games that look really cool and then end up being absolute trash. Uh, Anthem. Uh, oh, poor Anthem. <laughs> no, poor Anthem. Anthem's dead. That's true. <laughs> and they killed Anthem last time. Yeah. So... Uh, and then they also uh, showed some videos from Balan Wonderworld, which is a 3D platformer, very cutesy looking. What's really interesting to me is the fact is the director and artist for this game. Uh, the I'm going to get the names wrong. I apologize. I always do. But the, the director is Yuji Naka, uh, who would be better known as being the director of all of the Sonic games in the 90s. Mm. And the artist is... Naoto Oshima, uh, who created Sonic. Uh, he did oh. the original art for Sonic. So we'll have to go fast in Balin Wonderworld. So, so it has old school platformer roots, uh, from in, inside of it. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, I don't really play platformers anymore. I haven't played platformers very much in years, unless yeah. they're like something really special. But I know my kids love uh, platformers, and Balan Wonderworld is going to be available on like everything. Mm. Outriders is going to be on everything except Switch, I think. I mean, it's even on Stadia. So <laughs> that's still a thing. Yeah, yeah, because it's on. It's on. Stadia is not quite dead yet. It was on Stadia. PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Windows. So yeah, no, it's it's going to be everywhere too. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was the the. I almost feel bad poking fun fun at them. No, this is your favorite game to talk about from Square. But Marvel's Avengers. Yeah! Marvel! The the latest release that was going to do so much hasn't really gone over very well from everything I've read. Their numbers haven't moved up much. Uh, they did. There was a bump. 
Uh, but it's not been the, hey, we are saved bump. It probably doesn't help that the brand new character that they introduced that everyone was waiting for, Hawkeye, is literally a reskin <laughs> of the previous Hawkeye that no was already one likes in the game. Hawkeye. Why would they well, even- I know. Uh, I know. They should have done but, Falcon or Winter Soldier. That would have tied in really well, except for See? this character was supposed to have been out, like, in October of last year. <laughs> well, they could have and done it's Vision or, or Wanda Maximoff then. I got, but, I, got sco- I got oodles of Marvel characters I could suggest that are better than <laughs> Hawkeye. Like, all of them. Like, all of them. The, Especially since uh, they had a previous <laughs> Hawkeye. They did have a... Because they had, they had the Hawkeye that took over from Barton Hawkeye, uh, the one who he trained, was already in the game. So, uh, the new Hawkeye just uses her moveset. <laughs> but where she uses magic to get around, he uses a grappling hook to do the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, That's great. Uh, the big talk and the, all, a lot of the complaints was the PlayStation was getting Spider-Man as an exclusive PlayStation character. We don't have to worry about that. Spider-Man's never coming. No. I mean, he's still in production. They, there are still people. The, the little line is there are still people working on it. But <laughs> they have don't have a release time for it. him. Uh, and, he, and the release date for Spider-Man, who was promised when the game started, has been pushed back to sometime after the next big release character, who will be Black Panther, who might be out in late summer, probably before 22. Wow. (laughs) At this point, it's become, I just, I want to see how long Avengers goes on (laughs) before they just snap it away. They need to to snap this thing out of it. They just need to snap it. Just How snap long it. are they going to keep pouring money into Avengers? <laughs> just give up. Sometimes we have to quit in life. This is a this, <laughs> there's a morality tale here somewhere. They need to learn from it. Yeah, there's the anthem was given a full year to almost a full year to be resurrected. We'll see if they give Avengers that. Hmm. I mean, it's. I know what they want. They they want to be one of those games that comes back better and stronger and suddenly becomes hugely popular a year or two after it was released. But for a living game like this, I have a hard time seeing it happen. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. Uh, it almost would require a dramatic rework. I don't think throwing in more characters is the problem. Right. And, and, and throwing in more characters and doing different adjustments to the story and everything. I, I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think that this is one of those games that is going to limp along until they finally just shut it down. I agree with you. But it gives me plenty of stuff to laugh about. Yes. It's just so. And we're bad. all about having fun at their expense. <laughs> Well, I guess for those that had fun listening to this episode, or not, you can always reach out to us, eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com, or over at facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. We don't have Dennis's watch pictures on our, on, on, on that no, Instagram. I don't put them there, because that would be inappropriate. So. Totally inappropriate. Inappropriate. Now, what will be appropriate is in two weeks, if there is yet more Marvel Avengers news, we will touch on it. But there probably will yes. be. I think we'll finally have a break. I think there should be a break now, I would assume. I thought there was going to be a break after, other than the ultimate failure of their ultimate failure, but... Yeah. But uh, until then, I am Dennis. I'm Tony. And I will say so long for now. See ya.